1: Greetings one, greetings all, welcome to 100 Words or Less, the podcast. Thanks for downloading this thing, putting it in your ears, supporting the show, supporting independent music, all of these things I'm thankful for. And I'm your host, Ray Harkins, hanging out just, just excited because, um, you know, the holidays are coming and like that means more time with family and friends and, you know, it just gives you a little time to rejuvenate and I always, uh, I always enjoy the fall. The fall is just a great time, but... We have a great discussion with, uh, maybe I'm using the word great too much. Okay, how about a spectacular discussion (laughs) with uh, Tyler Riley, who is the guitarist from metalcore band Gideon, who uh, they're on Equal Vision Records. And a while back, I want to say maybe about three years ago, I had a compelling conversation with the drummer Jake and um, yeah, the the band is very interesting because they were raised within the whole sort of like Christian metalcore scene and then kind of, uh, you know, has has shed that skin and uh, now exists basically just as a a band and they don't, uh, you know, really uh, push any sort of agenda from that perspective. And uh, I talked to Tyler a lot about that. Uh, because the the conversation I had with uh Jake the drummer was really revealing a couple of years ago, so it was it was a nice little uh you know sort of bookend and follow up to uh to that original discussion but let's talk about some other things okay first of all, I met a lot of you this past weekend uh, I played some shows in uh in Philly and Brooklyn with my band taken, and I met some of you, and I love that it's really, really cool because um yeah you know this this medium of podcasting like i know you listen i see the numbers of the show but you know sometimes i just don't get to obviously meet any of you and uh you know we have like a one-sided relationship and when i'm able to put a face to the name and be like oh i really like this particular episode it's uh it's awesome and i really really appreciate all of you who came out to the shows regardless like there were some of you who were like hey i've never heard of your band before but i'm just coming out because uh, you know i'd like to uh i like to hang out and i'm like that's that's spectacular so really like that um, and the shows were really fun too. Like, it's not like they were big, you know, they were, uh, totally just solid fun shows. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where the people that show up to things, uh, are the most important. You know, it doesn't matter if there's 20, it doesn't matter if there's a hundred, doesn't matter if there's a thousand, the people who are showing up and being active are the ones that matter. And I just, uh, yeah, I just I just love that. So thank you everyone who uh, was able to come out to the shows. And even if you didn't come out to the shows, that's fine. It's, I totally get it. <laughs> you know, you had, you had something going on Saturday night or whatever. But um, I also had a chance to discuss my mental health with a lot of you at the shows as well because, you know, I've been expressing this as of late and I know that a lot of people... Basically, the more that I put that out there, the more I understand the struggle that uh, people go through with this, because, you know, you have sort of a tangential awareness just in our society in general, but as you kind of express this to, you know, friends and other people where it's just like, oh, oh, you're experiencing this as well. It's, um, yeah, it's really, uh, you know, it, it, it makes me feel better and less alone, obviously, like I've expressed before, but, um, Yeah, it just, you know, it also makes me sad because I wish that there were there was less of this going on, you know, that maybe I was a random isolated case, which I know, of course, that's not the case. Um, But uh, yeah, but putting this out there, I know, is helpful for me and I have been shared with, and two, that this is helpful for you. So um, yeah, hopefully you're, you know, figuring yourself out and going to therapy and doing all these things that I personally am doing right now. Um, You know, doing some medication, doing some Lexapro. Um, I don't feel like the dose has really kind of helped me per se, but um, you know, I'm going to visit the uh, therapist a little bit later on this week, as well as the uh, psychiatrist I'm going to and kind of, you know, figure it out because I know it's a moving target. Sometimes it takes a while for a person to, you know, start to feel differently and their brain chemistry changing and all that sort of stuff. So anyways, you can always email the show 100 words, podcast at gmail.com. Love to hear feedback. Also quick note of programming. I am taking off next week. I know technically it's not Thanksgiving week that week, but, um, yeah, I'm just t- taking a week off, you know, I need a little, need a little break, so to speak. So, uh, no, no new episode next week. You'll be okay. I promise. And then we'll kick back in the following week with, uh, you know, another great episode. So, yeah, here's Tyler. It was a great discussion. And, um, yeah, let's do it. Um, you know, obviously being you know introduced to your drummer and having a really compelling conversation with him you know whatever two years ago um mm-hmm. you know m- made me pay closer attention to your band because i I had a tangential awareness of gideon just through you know f- friends that have toured with you guys and stuff like that um yeah but you know i i was really impacted by that conversation and then just looking at the uh kind of evolution of the band because um you know and, and i said this to your drummer on on the interview but you guys are like totally one of those like you know, under the radar, you've been able to make a living off of your band and doing what you guys need to do, um, and you've been around for a long time, but people, I think, still view you as a new band. Like, I, you know, I don't know if that, I don't know if you feel that way. I mean, I know that you guys, you're too close to it, so it's probably difficult for you to say, but, like, it still feels like so many people are like, oh, Gideon, you know, yeah, like, I, I've heard of them, and it's just like, this has been a band that's been, like, yeah. 10 plus years into it, so I don't, I don't know, it just feels weird that that still happens to you guys.
2: Yeah, you're certainly right. It does happen. Um, it's, it's okay. It's kind of one of those things where we learned to accept it. Like, that's just a, um, it's like a symptom of, of growing your fan base, you know? Um, and we tour with a lot of bands that don't, you know, that don't cross over that much. Um, not, as not in the way that we try to, you know? So like, yeah, it tends to happen all the time and it, it can get frustrating when you, when you're, thinking about especially between bands you know i guess that's that's the more frustrating part you know you play with some band and they're like man how long you guys been a band We're like fucking longer than you guys been. right <laughs> <up>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> t- like i know i'm opening this huge tour but you know um we've been a band for a long ass time so yeah yeah
1: and, and and i i think it's not from the sort of like egotistical way of like oh you know we've been around the block i wasn't saying you were saying that but it's just like that idea of like yeah like we've been working pretty hard on this and like you know we don't expect you know adulation or you know people to already have this you know preconceived notion about who we are or whatever but just to you know be like oh yeah 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 they're they're a legitimate band like yeah they've been doing
2: it yeah i'd like to to think that we are at this point and if we aren't then what the hell we're doing (laughs) 10 years down the road yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah. for sure because it it has been like 10 years right
2: yeah well for me uh playing with gideon it's been uh like more like seven years okay um and when i first the first time i ever filled in with them would have probably been like literally nine years ago um and I've been touring since I was seventeen twenty seven now so yeah yeah i was I was touring for like about a year or two before before I joined
1: them too sure sure, and you were uh I know you live in Nashville currently, but did you uh, i guess come up in the same sort of you know Alabama surroundings as the rest of the band
2: no i'm I'm actually a Nashville native dude uh, okay. the, but the way that the way that it happened is like I played in a local band in Nashville that was kind of trying to get out around we're all the same age you know um me and jake are nearly exactly the same age um but yeah we were playing in a band up there and we ended up coming down and playing a show i think it it was it was my old band and gideon was opening the show and we were playing with like uh continuance and hundredth and uh the world we knew and just some random show and we were all 17 years old, 18, maybe, maybe 18. And, uh, that's when I first met the dudes.
1: Got it. Got it. And what, what was your, what the old band you played in?
2: It was called as hell retreats. It was like an older, uh, we were on, uh, strike first at face down. um, Oh yeah. Yep. And then we, we did some more stuff, um, on some, uh, century media, side label thing what was sleeping th- giant and oh it was called ain't no grave
1: yeah 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 that's right that's right i, I mean I, I worked at Central media for a while and uh that okay, was after, yeah. that was after my time there but i remember yeah it's like inri right or something or what mm-hmm. yeah yeah
2: what. yeah was that well the dudes that did that clothing company they had they had uh or one of the dudes i've been dog nelson ryan nelson he still manages bands like counterparts and stick to your guns yep um that dude um him and another guy ryan downey um who's also a manager uh they started a label and that was that
1: that's right that's right so that you you, how
2: many records did you put out
1: uh we put out two records
2: nice so yeah you were doing numerous like uh numerous little local band stuff too before that sure um but so, sure. yeah, we toured all around. We went to we went to uh California for the first time together, like my old band and Gideon, and actually our singer's band before he joined Gideon. And you know, so we go way back.
1: Right, right. No, oh, that's cool. Um and so I, I'm gonna presume that were you born and raised in Nashville or did you come up somewhere else?
2: I was born and raised in Nashville, um, which is pretty rare nowadays. Right. I barely know anybody who's who's an actual they call us unicorns now. Really? Well, I mean, it is. Yeah, like straight
1: up. Nashville is interesting because it, it's, you know, exploded in the way that other cities like, you know, Portland and Austin have, where mm-hmm. the artistic community is built up and people know, or, you know, at, at one point it was affordable to live in that area. So you have a lot of people flocking there. And then all of a sudden yeah. you reach a point where, you know, the developers understand that. And then all of a sudden rent starts to creep up and you're like, oh, wow, like this. $800 a month house is now $2,000 and that's nuts.
2: Precisely. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly how it, how it's gone. It's crazy. I was coming up, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm of the millennial generation. So sure. it, sometimes it feels like all of this stuff is just for me. So it's not, it's not too much of a hassle for me, except for that, that part of it has been something, you know, but work is really good in Nashville. There's always something, always something to do. Sure.
1: Sure. And it, it, do you, um, do you basically like, you know, pick up random work when you're, you know, have a uh, longer periods of time off or you like, you know, dip into a, you know, music store, or do something like that.
2: Uh, what I do is I, I, um, I work pretty, pretty much all the time when I'm not at, not on tour. Oh, okay. Um, like I'm taking a little break right now just cause we were just gone for about 45 days or so.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and it's pretty grueling. So I was like, man, I'm not going back to work yet, but yeah. I work, I work in production, like work for a, a staging and production company. Oh, nice. Um, building stages, custom stages for arena tours and shit like that. And, uh, also corporate events and anything sure. around town.
1: Any, anytime anybody needs a stage.
2: Yeah, exactly. I got you. Yeah. I've actually even like toured doing that like once, kind of dip my toes in it. Um, but yeah, man, I don't want to be, I don't want to be away from home like any longer than I, than I already am. So
1: yeah, that would, yeah, that's true. That would be extremely hard when it's like you get home from a tour. Yeah. Touring on top of touring, like especially for multiple (laughs) purposes. Yeah. That would be really hard. So yeah,
2: it's like I've, I've traveled enough, um, or I've toured enough to where the, the luster of Of just like being on tour to be on tour is for sure long gone. It's a it's a purposeful thing when I go on tour at this point, you know.
1: Yeah, no, that's a very good way of putting it because I I do think that they're. There, all, there comes a point in everybody's touring life when you when it crosses over to that, like the um, you know, the youthful exuberance or energy or you know, stupidity, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, kind of fades away, and like then it becomes like, oh yes, like this is like you said, traveling with a purpose, like you know, we're either here to you know play shows and you know, hopefully, you know, make some money and do this, but um, the, you know, I'm not just
2: doing this just to you know, just to do it. <laughs> just for fun yeah it's like there's it's purposeful yeah. yeah i mean the the difference being not that it isn't fun and if it wasn't you know we wouldn't be we probably wouldn't still be doing it you know but back in the day it was more like i just wanted to go i just wanted to leave and go somewhere and see something because i hadn't seen shit you know mm-hmm. so that was just it's different now but it's it's still great. Right, right.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's just taking a different um, meaning in your life, especially, too, where, I mean, you, as you get older, the idea of, you know, comfort becomes something that you're, you know, is, is central mm-hmm. to your life, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, this is, I see why people like, you know, a place to live, yeah. and like, yeah. the, the creature comforts of home, you know? Sonos is the best speaker system I have ever heard in my entire life. And you need to go to Sonos.com to find out so much more about all of their products. Like, let me just rifle through what I have in my house and tell you how cool these things are. I got a sound bar installed on my TV that just just cuts through the room. Make sure you hear every intimate detail of whatever video game, movie, television show you're watching. I also have the Play 5, which is connected in my dining room. And we're able to listen to music while we're having dinner. We can just pipe it straight in via Spotify. It's so easy. We can listen to stuff in different rooms as well. Where I've got one connected to my son's room. He's able to listen to some, you know, quiet lullabies as we are listening to something else different with our Sonos Move, which is a portable battery-powered speaker in our bedroom. Let me tell you, Sonos knows what they're doing. They manufacture this stuff with such care in detail that, um, you know, I just, I, I want a job there. I, I keep telling Sonos like, please hire me. You know, I'd be able to just like evangelize, which I guess technically they are doing cause they're running ads in the show, but this is not an ad. I would just do this for free for the rest of my life because that's how much I love Sonos. So like I said, get into sonos.com and you'll be able to find out so much stuff like get it as a gift okay like you will blow people's minds like you know get it for your parents and it's super easy to set up you can have it dialed into their wi-fi network in like three minutes it's so so easy so it's not like this huge laborious process that will take you all day long on christmas just dial it in okay sonos.com i love you so much and uh yeah thanks for making my life that much better okay And so your, your life in Nashville as a, as a kid, you know, what, what did your family look like? You know, brothers and sisters, mom and dad in the house.
2: Uh, yeah, I got, I have, um, I have three sisters. I really grew up, one of them is 10 years younger than me, so I really grew up with my other two sisters for the most part. Uh, and, uh, yeah, both my parents are like, my dad's a musician, um, songwriter, just plays guitar. They were always playing music together, singing, singing together. Um, but yeah, we had a, an interesting, um, uh, I had an interesting upbringing, just a lot of, a lot of moving around and like split, split homes and stuff like that. But, it, but, uh, it all seemed normal to me at the time. So in retrospect, I'm like, damn, all that shit's fucked up. But right. at the time it was just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all, all normal.
1: What, um, yeah. So would you say that the, I mean, your, your dad, like you said, was basically a working musician. Like he was, you know, trying to like do his own music or was he gigging around town with other people? What was the focus?
2: He was, he was doing mostly, um, well, I remember like you said band practices all the time at the house. Um, and they were writing original songs and doing covers and mostly like all, it was like all like contemporary Christian kind of music, a little rock, whatever. But they, um, yeah, they recorded a couple times, but they didn't really, they weren't really pursuing any sort of career with it. He was more like a, it's more like a passion project, I guess. And he I just didn't... always kind of kept writing, but never really focused super hard on it. He still writes songs like to this day, and he'd be like, oh, I got a new one. You show me, and that's he's awesome. A, he's just very charismatic with it it's talented
1: that's cool that's cool
2: <laughs> uh, it works out for me they're very they're very proud of me and everybody is stoked and understands because they all they all love music as, as much as I do
1: right right well yeah I mean the fact that they have some semblance of a context for what it is that you know you and your friends were trying to do from an early age of being like oh yeah I just want to play in a band and you know front of some people and you know be creative and they got that
2: yeah, it was very helpful, for sure. Um, they're very supportive. That's cool. And then and, and, and at the same time didn't push me into it or even really try to influence my, my decision to to do music in the first place. It just kind of all happened on its own. Yeah. I did get a guitar when I was like really young. My grandfather died and, and left me this like seventies Gibson. I was like in third grade or something. Um and I still have it. Now it's an amazing guitar I'm sure I wouldn't have started playing as soon as I did I had I not had that
1: sure no that's awesome um and so you're you know what what kind of kid were you as like you started to go into you know elementary junior high and started to you know figure out kind of who you were like you know did you gravitate towards you know school math like sports where where did you find yourself
2: i was um uh, I was a good kid really into into math. And, um, I really just kind of hung out with everybody and I was into hip hop music, especially uh, (laughs) pop and hip hop. Um, and yeah, I just hung out, went to so many different schools. I kind of got like, I never joined any sort of clique because uh, every year we ended up, we would move every single year to a different school and I would just like make new friends. Um, I was super shy at first, but I just kind of like out of necessity, it was like, man, I'm gonna be super lonely if I don't learn to make some friends and in, in the midst of all of this, I just gotta get used to moving, you know, so I yeah, that's kind of the the route I took i I would play out in the woods, listen to music, you know, just your old typical kid, there's a lot of sunburn.
1: Sure. Sure. Uh, But I I like that, that picture you paint of the idea that, you know, you, because you moved around in regards to different schools and stuff, you, you knew the, uh, I guess, path of least resistance is like, well, yeah, I just kind of want to be cool with, with everybody, you know? And I think that once you kind of do like, even for people that have stayed at the same school for many years, once you kind of, realize that that is like, yeah, why are you sectioning yourself off from, you know, these people? Like, of course there's always going to be clicks and, you know, certain people will gravitate towards one another, but like, you know, to be generally cool with everybody, it's like a much easier existence, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree. Yeah, It was, it was kind of like moving around so much just kind of like broke down that, that, that model, you know, cause I was always, even if they were clicking kids that knew each other since they were babies or whatever, you know, I was just like a, like a new element every year, you know? Um, I didn't really have to fit into anything. Like I didn't have the history. Um, and yeah, it just kind of worked like
1: that. Got it. Got it. Um, and so, you know, where did I guess independent music start to come into you know play? I mean, Nashville clearly has always been a music town, and you know has always had a pretty good um, you know independent music scene as far as bands like coming through on tours and stuff like that. Like, what, what was the it was the yeah. end? Was it the end? Was that the name of the? Yeah, the end is
2: uh, a, okay, yeah, yeah. That's a the end is a spot that yeah that has been around since uh, the eight or. Oh, it's been around for a long ass time, not the eighties. Right. Right. Been yeah. Longer than that. But like the, uh, the way that it looks now, I'm pretty sure it's been about like that since the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> I even have like, uh, I even have like, uh, the godfather guy, a family friend that my mom went to high school with. Cause uh-huh. she was, she was in Nashville in high school. My grandma moved here to, um, uh, to pursue music, um, uh, to, to like write songs and country. And, um, it never panned out but they ended up pretty much staying my grandma she still travels so she's not here but everyone else in the family ended up staying here but um my uh godfather like even helped build build the stage there that they have that's awesome like, he was super involved in in uh in the punk scene back in before i was born um yeah and i only really kind of realized that later uh when i was like in my early high school years and my mom was i really started to kind of like come full circle and i was like man this is this is cool like we have family friends that are that go way back they were doing what i'm doing now like back way before i was born right that's awesome yeah the yeah the continuum room
1: yeah <laughs> yeah oh totally totally um yeah. so i I guess how did that stuff kind of like get injected into your life like was it you know? did you start start to hang around with friends that kind of started to give you records or what was your, um, you know, uh, I guess gatekeeper as it were person, person that intro it to you.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I remember the first, basically I was like, I was listening to stuff like Lincoln park and, and, um, some 41, but I wasn't like going to any shows or anything. Um, and then I remember I, I moved in with one of one of my uncles for a little bit, and, uh, he was a lot more like I grew up in church and stuff, but my parents had split and like, they just kind of fell to the wayside. My mom remarried somebody who wasn't Christian. So we weren't going to church and we were just, uh, you know, just doing our thing. And I was like, listening to, uh, listening to new metal and rap and whatever. And I moved in with my uncle who was super, uh, who was a lot more conservative and, ended up and just started like going back to church with them. And that kind of opened up a, uh, a door for music where my uncle was trying to, to get me into uh bands that were Christian bands. It sounded like the bands that I was listening to. Um So he took me to my first concert. I think Um it was some sort of sho- showcase. I think it was a tooth and nail showcase. Um or something something like that because he had taken me to a lifeway christian bookstore and like picked out a bunch of cds you know and was like here i want you to get into something wholesome like find some bands that you like and kind of just ushered me into uh going to my first show and seeing i think i, I just remember so many like demon hunter played and all of these other bands from Tooth & Nail, uh, Emery back in the day, whatever, sure. all those bands. Yeah, and that kind of, and I was like, man, this is, uh, this is crazy, I'm gonna start doing this more. And, um, we were going, and we went to some church that actually did metal shows, like local shows, and uh, they would like, rent out the room, and do local shows, and there were like, tons of bands in my little town, when I was in high school. Um, and, I would just be there, Cause I played in a church band and I was like, yeah, I want to see a show, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll check this out. I like heavy music. I was listening to August Burns Red at that point and (laughs) their first album, I was like primed, ready to, to get into some riffing, I guess. But yeah, I just met all the dudes in the local bands. Um, and like half of the local bands were coming to my church because we were just the cool, you know, church that does shows and whatever. So like yeah, I think it just kind of like all fell into place and before I knew it people were asking me to uh learn metal riffs and and fill in for their bands and then I joined that joined her Retreats when I was straight up seventeen years old. Nice. Maybe sixteen late sixteen.
1: As always the show is brought to you by Rockabilia, the best place to order all of your band merch. First and foremost, use this code PC100Words, that's the number 100, and you will get 15% off your order. They are the real deal. Everything's officially licensed. They have 500,000 items in their store at any given moment, from long sleeves to sweaters, hats, shirts, posters, flags, whatever it is, your stuff is on on it. I love this company so much. I'm actually going to have uh, Frankie, one of the uh, co-owners on a upcoming episode because, uh, yeah, I mean the merch world is just such an interesting thing because obviously it's the lifeblood of most bands, uh, you know, from the touring perspective and then, uh, yeah, they are able, you know, Rockabilia helps out these bands, uh, you know, when they are off the road and being able to constantly sell the merch when the bands aren't on tour. So, and everything's officially licensed. So it's all in the up and up and the quality is spectacular. Their customer service is top-notch. I can't say enough positive things about Rockabilia, but uh, just find out for yourself. Go to rockabelia.com, type in some bands, you will find amazing merch, and then use the code PC100Words, and that will get you 15% off your order, okay? Please, the holidays are coming, you better d- jump on it, get some gifts, okay? Thank you, Rockabilia, for your continued support.
0: In a world where everyone is confined to their homes, society begins its largest bin watch to date. Join us for Fake Doctors, Real Friends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It definitely sounds like, obviously, you were a, uh, you know, a a tooth and nail kid, as it were, of getting, especially, like, you're talking about, you know, going to, like,
2: a showcase.
1: (laughs) Right, and then, like, going to, like, you know, a Christian bookstore and being able to, you know, buy all these records and stuff like that, like,
2: Oh yeah. That was a face down records and tooth and nail records for sure.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. I honestly like people that don't have that experience of like, you know, I I mean, I don't think I've even heard this term be used lately, but like, you know, spirit filled hardcore, like, you know, I just, Oh yeah. Yeah. But that was like such a thing. Oh yeah. But I, I I love the parallel experiences between those two things. I, I mean, I myself also like, you know, I mean, I was raised Christian and I've always been down that road, but like, you know, loved like, you know, quote unquote secular music. I mean, I don't even want to use that term because it's so silly, (laughs) but um, just being able to be like, Oh yeah. So like, I like earth crisis and I also like, you know, strong arm or whatever, but then also realizing Mm -hmm. the um, you know, the complete shallow nature of like the Christian music industry of being like, Oh, if you like the deftones, you'll like this band. And then you listen (laughs) to it and you're just like, dude, this is like, not even B or C rate. This is like D rate tones. This is so bad. Yeah. And like people that didn't have that know, experience, man. it's like, you can't even explain it to them, but it's just so funny. I'm sure you bought CDs thinking it was going to sound like one thing. And then you're like, yo, this is trash.
2: Yeah. A hundred percent, man. Um, but also I just ran across a few, you know, I found some like bands that actually stood out for being themselves through that whole process that I've still, with or yeah. things that are amazing you know like blindside and yep. bands like uh advent and even mm-hmm. mxpx and stuff you know like picked picked up those albums and that was like a way different thing than the cutlass album that was behind it you know like that was a right. it was a good gateway um whether it was it was a weird gateway but it it did it for me you know
1: yeah. No. No. That's really. That's the. That, it's cool. Yeah. And especially too when it's like you with the the music, regardless of the message, stands. Uh, you know, on its own, where it's like, yeah, you can mm-hmm. listen to you know Advent and Hatebreed and like Ao and yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you're just like this is just a good record. Like, calm down, a person who is you know a, a, a satanic worshipper. It's like, yeah, you'll probably like this AR record and they listen to it and they're like, oh yeah, you're right. It's really good. It sounds like Carcass. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> it's it's crazy, man. Thinking back, like, and that feeling of like, oh man, this is. And not knowing why it was that that band stood out, but it was like, "Oh, because this band is actually a band that is not just a copy of of a secular <laughs> like project this is just a band of dudes that, that wrote what they wanted to write or whatever right yeah yeah you know? they
1: were they were existing as friends pulled together by a common bond but then are like yeah i, w- I want to make music that you know i enjoy as opposed to yeah being a target like oh yeah we got to be the christian alternative to this out there or whatever it's like ugh, yeah and that never, definitely. never worked um and so as you were, you know, kind of really, like you said, you know, <laughs> getting asked to, you know, metal riff and do all that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah. Um, I didn't even know how to riff. Right. It either. I was just playing like blues and worship <laughs> <laughs> music.
1: Sure. Sure. Did, did you play in your church's band at all or anything like that? Or did, were you just
2: doing, Yeah. You know? oh, you were? No, I was playing. I Ever since I was, I think I had started playing guitar and I think I was playing for like a year and, and I joined the church band at like 13 and I was like, well, I know chords now. So I guess I'll, uh, <laughs> jump in on some chord charts here. Sure. And, uh, yeah, I showed up with my, my grandpa's Gibson SG and just ripped some, uh, worship gigs for years, like from eighth grade until, until pretty much, I guess, uh, like junior year or something.
1: That's cool. That's cool. What, uh, I guess what denomination of the, uh, the, the Christian faith as it were,
2: yeah. Well, the first the first church that I started at was like Assembly of God kind of thing, um, a mega church. It's pretty wild. The the dude, uh, yeah, the pastor like murdered somebody when he was nineteen, and wow. Now he has a mega church. It's like one of those things. Yeah. Stabbed the lady to death. Almost cut her head off. Wow. <laughs> That's a thing. But it was it was the alcohol though. It was the alcohol. Yes, That's of what course. It did it. Right. It's not crazy. Right. But, um, but yeah, at first it was that. And then the, uh, the church that I, how many churches I play for? I think I only play for two, two different churches. Yeah. So the second church was like a non-denominational church. Um, it was just like a very like free and open kind of, okay. kind of thing. Sure. Welcome. They welcome. Would, me they all. Would literally do like, yeah, they literally would do like Q and a, Sundays and shit, where atheists would come and talk, and they would just discuss stuff on a couch on stage. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, Um, cussed on stage with they covered secular songs, and would if it cussed they would just like let it go. They were very forward thinking kind of kind of outfit.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. They just, the, the, uh, what do they call that? The, you know, big tent philosophy of just like, yeah, we just want mm-hmm. people to come in here and experience that, you know, church isn't a weird thing. Like it doesn't need to be this, this thing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that I, I mean, I would probably hate Christianity if I hadn't, if I hadn't gone to that church, Sure, you know? And I don't, for the record.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, I don't
2: yeah. hate it. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean, I think when you get, you know, when you get raised within a, you know, a faith and a religion and then you start to get introduced to all these, you know, other ideas, whether it's like obviously realizing that there are other faiths out there, but then just the, you know, the subculture that we got introduced to and just like all of these, Um, they're not conflicting ideas, but just all these different ideas. And then realize that like, Oh, like I I need to figure out how this fits not only within my life, but then how this fits within, you know, this sort of like organized way or whatever, but then realizing like, oh no, like, yeah, I can, th- this, this faith is personal and this, you know, faith is, uh, you know, it, it can be rooted in so many different things. And yeah, it's just cool that you, you obviously had a good experience of like, you you know, like you were describing that we welcome everyone.
2: Yeah. Um, it, it definitely, it puts into perspective. It's a piece of the puzzle for me and how I feel about all of that. You know, it's, um, it definitely is, it's hard to come to terms with when you when you come in the way that a lot of us ha- did, you know, like just growing up being taught that that's that's complete truth and and just believing that straight from the get go instead of forming your own your own opinion on on it, you know. Um, faith is extremely personal, and only you really know exactly how you really feel about stuff, I and. Mean, the more you're honest with yourself, like the closer to yourself, I feel like you can get.
1: Absolutely. No, it's really cool. Um, and so then as you started to, uh, you know, kind of come to the end of high school and like you're playing in bands and stuff like that, was there a sort of fork in the road moment of like, okay, I need to, you know, go to college and figure out whatever I'm going to do for the rest of my life career wise. Or, uh, was that even, was that even on your radar?
2: (laughs) I had one of those for sure. Okay, That was, when my when my old band broke up like uh, I don't know if you remember that band uh a plea for purging oh yeah of course But we did yeah we did um we we're they're from Nashville as well they were kind of like our older brothers at the time you know kind of like our our inspiration to uh to do more than just play around our our hometown you know um we we had all we had both like gone our separate ways and and just like toured all around america and for years and then um we we were all kind of talking about it and both decided we were going to break both of our bands up at the same time so we did a tour called the quit your band and get a job tour and uh we both we both broke up in 2012 played a final show in nashville it was like 1200 people there it was awesome um and after that show i was just like when, when we decided to break up, I was like, man, I'm 20 at this time, at this point, you know, only a a couple years separated from, from high school. And some of my friends are already starting to graduate from um, college courses that they're doing and getting bachelor's degrees and whatever. And I'm like, man, I should probably just dip out at this point. You know, like I, I've seen, all the United States and a little bit of Canada and like, I think I did a lot more than I ever thought I would do. And, uh, yeah, so I had planned on just stopping and, and just kind of like figuring my, my home life out and just working, you know? And, uh, and Gideon asked me to, to fill in. I had filled in previously for a couple of years and this was right as they were about to release their, uh, their second album, or our second album, I guess No, But, uh, yeah. And I, I was like, man, I, I'm really planning on stopping. Like, I mean it, like I, I gotta get my shit together. Um, but I guess I'll fill in on the next couple of tours. If you guys, until you guys find somebody. And, uh, yeah, I told the dudes that I wouldn't join. And I was like, I don't want to do anything on the business side. I just want to play. Like I'm tired of, of like dealing with shit. um, and uh fucking like three years later, I was like, damn, I guess I should join the band. Yeah, and, like, uh, I guess I'm in me it. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I was always like, even on their first record, we were touring together when they were writing that record, and like, I even got to help a little bit, and vice versa. On like, I wrote like one lead on their first album, you know, and some random shit on the. I, I don't think I wrote anything on the second album, but. Yeah, it was just kind of like I was already some little small piece of, of what they were doing at the time but I was just I was just over it I thought that I was making the right decision and just like trying to do the right thing but it just uh, just kept going and going and I was like man this is just keeps getting better and better right so and now I'm doing shit that I never did in my old band at that point you know I was like and I guess uh, I guess that means I should join
1: right yeah. I guess this is, I guess this is, uh, what I'm, what I'm in the middle of now.
2: Yeah. We did a Face Down Fest. It was like the first one that I did with them. And after, um, you know, and I knew everyone at Face Down from, from the old band and it was just a super, uh, family moment, you know? And after, after the show, like our old guitar player was like, Hey, um, you just want to join now, man. It's been long enough. We're just, yeah. cause I would, it was just a long running joke basically. And, didn't
1: know how to end it. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I guess we'll officially welcome you in here now that you've been hanging out with us yeah. for like three plus years around the country. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Listen, you go to shows all the time, right? And you're like, you know what? Like shows are cool, but I, I want something a little bit deeper, a little bit, something more, more involved, maybe like m- maybe it's uh, you know, getting coffee with the band before the show, or maybe it's like, you know, doing a ridiculously awesome Jenga tournament with the band. All of these things are absolutely available Via SoundRink.com. Now, what is SoundRink? They are a VIP ticketing service that allows artists and the fans that are coming to the shows to connect beyond just watching them play. So, like maybe it's a rad Q and A experience with an acoustic performance. All of these things are totally, totally cool. And I've been to many SoundRink. Uh, VIP experiences and they're really cool because basically they work hand in hand with the artists to kind of dial in their experience because it's not just like some silly, like, okay, here, here's a signed photo and like, let's move right on. And you know, that's, that's, that's not what they do. They do really, really cool experiences. So go to soundrink.com, find your favorite artists and upcoming tours near you, because you are probably going to find something pretty awesome that you can do with the band, with a member. All of those are available and SoundRink's the best. They just know what they're doing. They're completely dialed in. So visit soundrink.com and find out more. The the evolution of the band is obviously something I wanted to talk about in regards to the fact that they're, you know, you guys have worked with, you know, a variety of different labels and, you know, the conversation I had with your drummer Jake in regards to, you know, the band transitioning out of the idea of just being like this, you know, strictly faith-based, you know, metalcore band and then, you know, evolving Mm -hmm. into where you guys are now to where, um, you know, you're comfortable swearing in songs and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, in ways that, you know, whatever, whatever, five, six years ago, you guys might be like, dude, no, we're never going to do that. Like,
2: you know, that's just, not... yeah. um, I would have never thought, would have never thought we would have done it. Right,
1: right, right. right. And so, um, I mean, uh, I'll kind of split this up into two parts. One, um, you know, how, now that you've obviously put some of that music out there in the world, um, you know, how does it, how does it feel for you? Like, you know, do you basically brace for criticism, and you are like, okay, I know that we're obviously going to lose this, you know, this this subset of our fans or whatever. Um, you know, how does it ping pong around in your head?
2: Yeah, it, and it's kind of complicated, but because uh, it, you want everyone, you want every single person to understand where you are coming from, and and that's just not possible. And uh, we we all knew, we all know because we we were. These people we were these kids, where if a band did this when I was a kid, I had the same kind of reactions, you know um we all kind of knew exactly what to expect because we've been part of this for a long time, you know, um, but it's still it's still kind of jarring sometimes just to see the level of it, but i overall, I feel a lot better now <laughs> than we did say a year or two ago it feels it's very like confusing to like yourself like going through um just wanting to be more and more just always wanting to be yourself but yourself is changing and everybody thinks that you're a certain thing you know it's just such a such an odd dynamic but you know we knew what we were we knew what we were getting into and yeah it's kind of one of those things you just brace for it and Nothing, nothing they can say, nothing anyone can say will surprise me at this point.
1: right <laughs> sure, yeah, because I'm sure there's been some real harsh uh, words thrown your guys' directions in regards to you know you just you know probably personal attacks of you know who you guys are as people and stuff like that, I'm guessing.
2: yeah, yeah, it's just uh, the parts where where people think that that it was just a completely um, fabricated thing to get ahead um, in the first place, like from the beginning, that's the stuff that that's frustrating, most frustrating just because, you know, we sacrificed our entire like home lives to, and everything really just to, to push that message forward. And that was, that was exactly what we were trying to do, you know, um, put a lot into it for all and, and purposes probably did a lot of good for, for Christianity over the years, you know, but like to, to a lot of people it just, um, I don't know why, why they, they can't fathom that someone would, would feel differently, but I, I kind of understand, I guess it's a really, you're really in a bubble, um, when you're super involved in that stuff.
1: Right. Well, you, when you only view the world, uh, one way, and that is um, you know I mean that that is obviously people's prerogatives, but then when something that they enjoy deviates from that thing, then yeah the, it's it's just difficult. You're like you could probably you could probably sit down with a, you know a, a room full of your old school fans and talk with them for you know a couple hours, and everybody would leave feeling the same thing. You know, like it'd just be like, well, that's yeah. just you know, we agreed to disagree. It is what it is.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and I don't want to come off like I like I'm mad at them. No. Like it's just um, it's a precarious situation for us. Like we want we want those people to you know, in a way, we want them to hear what we're what we're trying to say now because I feel like it's important to everybody. You know, and it's not not just it's not an anti-christian message it's not you know it's just about being happy with yourself you know and being honest about shit that we're going through
1: yeah no for sure absolutely and especially just the you know the idea of being able to authentically put out the art that you want to put out without any constraints you know it's like that's 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 the freedom that you should have as an artist, like regardless of, you know, the other attachments and trappings that you may have existed under previously. It's like, well, you know, this is who we are now. This is not who we were, you know, four five years ago or even, you know, two years ago or whatever.
2: And it's not like a claim that, that being a, being a Christian is holding you back, but it's just, it wasn't a restraint to us when we were able to, confidently believe all of it you know it wasn't a restraint it only is whenever you're struggling with it you know so a lot of people think that that well i mean i don't want to say a lot of people but i know that there's some people that just feel like um feel like we're trying to push some message of like look we gave it up and now look what's happening it's like no we're just now we are doing whatever we want to do and that's that's the point you know it's not because we gave up our our faith and we didn't really give up our faith it's all a process you know everybody has their own meaning or everyone has their own like opinion on what like even within the band you know we have differing opinions of what happens when we die and nobody really knows so you know
1: yeah totally yeah yeah um and, you know, the, obviously the band sort of like aesthetically has, you know, evolved as well to where, you know, you guys are are definitely, you know, in that sort of, <laughs> it, it's weird, like when I say modern metalcore, cause it's like, you know, <laughs> that, that word, it means something different, you know, three years ago than it does now, but it's, yeah. you know, uh, the the way that I view it is very much like, uh, bands that are looking outside of the context of the punk and hardcore scene and are aesthetically doing things differently and v- frankly very akin to, you know, whatever hip hop, streetwear, all of that sort of stuff. Like you guys are definitely leaning into that in ways that um, you know, many of your peers are as well because obviously there is more to look at and it's exciting when you pull different influences together and stuff like that. Um you know, is that, uh, I'm guessing that's why it's exciting for you guys to kind of go down that road, not only like musically and, you know, lyrically, but then also bring a whole new, uh, aesthetic vibe to it as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, we want integrity in our, in our art, but you know, that's, that kind of stuff is that kind of merch and the, the aesthetic is just stuff that we like, you know, and, um, we've, it's just cool that it's cool cuz it's kind of a it's one of my favorite eras for for all of this stuff cuz it just reminds me so much of when i was a kid in early 2000s new metal and and hip hop styles and stuff you know that's like my my shit so it's cool a lot of the stuff is coming back even 90s 90s fashion and you know it's just really it all just comes down to being able to do do exactly what we have envisioned and and for people to to get it and not like um think that it's or you know and see the integrity in it and see the the intent you know what I mean yeah oh
1: absolutely yeah it's it, it's it's fun when you're able to um you know lean into something that you guys all personally enjoy and, and want to put out there. And then it also is part of the culture to where it's like, Oh yes, like this is, you know, it's, it just ha you know, it, pure coincidence. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be popular or whatever. And and not, not I say yeah. happens to be popular, but it's just like, uh, people, uh, are understanding it on a deeper level than just like, Oh yeah. Like they're just doing this weird thing.
2: Yeah. And I, a lot of times I I just like to have to remember that like our, our fan base is roughly, you know, a big percentage of our fan base is is our age. They have, they share a lot of our, our experiences, you know? Um, and so putting forward something that is cool to us is inherently, you know, a little cooler to the people in our age, you know? So it just, it just all works out for the greater. I feel like. Yeah,
1: sure. No, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, and so did you you know like you were saying when you initially joined Gideon how you were like you know I want to stay far away from the kind of you know business aspects of it like you know like yes of course like you know I will I, I'll take my cut from merch or whatever but like I'm not I don't I want to stay far away from the business are you um are you I guess still kind of far away from the business do you like to remove yourself no. from that
2: <laughs> no you're you're involved no, not anymore okay yeah I'm involved a lot but we are. we you know they were basically like our old ba- our old guitar player, well, I guess even before him, our old guitar player and our old bass player, um were always like the guys, and they were in the band when I joined, and they were they were handling everything, and it just kind of like I used to do it for my band, so whenever one guy retired, basically you know at twenty five or whatever <laughs> retired from metalcore at twenty five sure. um that was just more responsibility to go around you know and it was it was something that i had taken care of pretty much completely for my old band and by the end and it just kind of fell fell in that way you know i was the one that was responding to more emails than anybody else so then and it just happened and now we we're just we just try to we talk about everything everybody's ways in on it you know how it should be um but yeah, I'm like the point of the point of contact for a lot of, a lot of different things.
1: And do you, uh, like, do you enjoy it? I mean, do you do it because obviously, you know, you're kind of in this role now and you don't really have, I mean, you have a choice in the matter, but, um, you know, like, cause some people do it because it's just like part of who they are as yeah. a personality, or is that something you've kind of like learned to adopt to?
2: Um, I'd say it's a little bit of both. And after doing it for a long time, uh, it, it, it wears on you a little bit, but like, I, I do enjoy being able to know like what's going on and being able to, to, uh, stay on top of stuff and make stuff happen. I love when, when things, when things work out, you know, so it's cool. I really, I just do it for us, you know, like I do it because, because I feel, um, capable enough and it helps everybody.
1: Sure. Right. It helps, helps the, uh, yeah, move, move the ball forward, so to speak.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, and being kind of, cause I mean, does everybody live in Nashville or are you guys all kind of spread around the South?
2: Dan, we both live in Nashville. Um, he moved up a little over a year ago. Um, Jake's in Alabama still. And, um, uh, Caleb, our guitar player lives in like North Georgia or close to Chattanooga. So we're all within, I think it's like three hours from, from like a three and a half hour drive for Jake, something like that, come to Nashville. And I think it's like a little over two hours for, for Caleb. Got it. Got so it. So we're not, we're not super far.
1: So you guys basically, you, you all come to Nashville to you know rehearse and get ready for tours and write and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, we... Um, for writing it's a lot of a lot of like just sending demos and stuff. And when we went into the album though we did we went we all met up and went to like a, a lake house to do the pre production somewhere just outside of Nashville. Got it. But yeah, we pretty much always always um, meet up in Nashville nowadays. It used to be different. Um just seems most convenient. There's most way more places to to stay and practice up here. There's practice spots everywhere and you know. It
1: just makes more sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the la- la- last couple, last couple things I want to hit on was the, um, you know, now that you have obviously, you know, you're working with Equal Vision and you guys are, you know, doing stuff that is. Um, you know, ostensibly in some respects, you know, more mainstream, even though, you know, like musically, you guys are obviously like kind of the most aggressive you ever have been. Um, mm-hmm. Is the, um, I guess is the, the main drive of what you guys are kind of like, you know, pushing towards is basically just um, this, this reinvention or is it kind of the idea that like, Oh, this reinvention can bring like new opportunities or are they all kind of like tied up together?
2: I think it's um the first and foremost we were we were just thinking I don't even think we were thinking reinvention as much as um, as just pushing uh what we know that we are capable of to its to its potential um, and it's all things that we have touched touched on and um it just kind of came really came together in a more legit way on all of this. Like we, things that we tried to do, but maybe didn't get, didn't really uh, nail a hundred percent in our eyes or like, didn't, you know, we do we're doing all that shit and, and more on this, but, uh, and it all just kind of, I feel like it all just kind of came together. Like equal vision hired, like an awesome uh, PR team for when we did our EP release, the last EP and uh, went really well, and they they had more connections with the the kind of websites that that we would prefer to be on, I guess. And it just um, kind of planted a seed, and now that all these songs are coming out, it's just been really cool with the the sites that have picked it up, and um, yeah. And it wasn't, I guess, it was a somewhat of a, a conscious effort on our team's part to just, but it's all about just trying to get our music in front of the most possible people.
1: Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And then you, you know, you personally, that you have, you know, been able to, uh, you know, exist in this uh, cycle of, you know, playing in bands and like building your life, uh, around the band, because, you know, I mean, like you said, you obviously, yeah. you know, work in between, uh, work in between tours and stuff like that. And, you know, it's not this, uh, you know, it, things are better than they have been, but it's not this like glamorous lifestyle. Um, yeah. is the, uh, but I, I'm guessing that most people, well, not most, but some people might look at, at where Gideon is and be like, Oh yes. Like, you know, you are a, a full-time successful band. Um, but you know i'm sure on the inside it's just like well yeah like you know we do all right but you know this isn't Mm -hmm. this isn't retirement plan worthy
2: yeah yeah exactly it's funny that you said that because i just tweeted that right as you were fixing your computer that um the closest thing to a retirement plan I have is my cash app balance. So I think, uh, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Right. Right.
1: So, I mean, is it one of those things like that? Um, I mean, does it make you nervous? Is it just like, no, we're just going to ride this out to the you know logical conclusion where we all feel like we need to wrap this up. Um, or is it one of those things where it's just like, well, no, I, I'm still very excited about this. I'm, you know, figuring out other things that I can do with my life beyond, you know, playing in a hardcore band when I'm 50.
2: Yeah, well, it's definitely it's um, something that we're we're really excited about. I think that it's it's just that we have a different perspective on success um, than the average uh, listener to our band, you know. So, like, I get that because I've I've felt that before too. But I think from this side, it just feels a lot different. Um, but we are learning more and more to to embrace our you know, you don't want to get down on this process is, is, can be very grueling and, and feel slow at times when you look back at the years and you're like, man, I wish we were, we're here, but I wish we were there. You know what I mean? Um, all the time, but it's, uh, I don't think that I feel like we're all proud of, of how far we've come and everything that we've done, like extremely proud. And, um, we're just stoked to see how far, how far it will go. Yeah. Like right now we're in this kind of like floating space where, where we just put it all down, you know, we just put it all on the line with writing this record, just put everything we could into it. Um, and, and we're just like, man, I just don't know. We'll just see how far, how far it goes. Sure. It's all just, just, uh, It's just—it feels really good to be in a position where we're putting out music that is uh, pretty consistently like more popular than the last thing that we put out, and um, that's something to be super thankful for.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, And you also—you also play, from what I can tell and understand, you also play in two other hardcore bands as well. Um, So you basically just do that, obviously, just for fun when you're home and you know, gather with friends and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I play in well. I play in one. Uh, I play. Nashville is a funny thing because everybody everybody plays music. All my friends play music. We're all they're all like some of the most talented people I've I've ever met. Um, and I guess you just gravitate toward each other. But so we all have projects, but we come together and write different kinds of projects together constantly. Everybody's in ten bands, you know. I'm in like more bands I mean, than I even post about just because a lot of them are just in process. But yeah, I play in one, um, hardcore band called on point. Um, it's just a very fun, like party riffing, surf riffing kind of band A little like turnstile or, or, um, um, our singers, he's got a very like beastie boy sound and it's cool. Um, super fun. One of the dudes in Counterparts, uh, my buddy Blake, he plays plays in that band, too. Nice. Um, the bass player plays in Counterparts as well. Um, and, yeah, like, our singer is a, uh, he's, they're just dudes that we, all dudes that we, that grew up around playing shows together, you know, in all kinds of different bands. Our singer is a computer scientist who could never really, like, go and do, he's got a real career. He can never really like, do a long-term tour or anything, but, like, we just play for fun. Um, and then I have a band called cash basket and that one's got like the drummer of chambers and that, and, um, that's like a, uh, weezer kind of band. like a soft band. Sure. Sure. Singer a better, Singer a better off. I don't know if you've heard that band. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Uh, he sings in that and we all write the songs. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. We got like little EPs and stuff in an album.
1: You guys are basically the, you are like the walking cliche of Nashville where it's just like, mm-hmm. you're, yeah, you're like you said, I mean, everybody in Nashville that plays music is in 15 bands and like, that's just, you know, yeah. it's, it's perfect. I mean, it makes sense because you're constantly surrounded by it. So it's like, why not?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's always like that, that night where you're hanging out and you're like, dude, we should start a band like this. And then it's actually possible because people have jam spaces and gear. And stuff. Totally.
1: Yeah. You're like, we could yeah. we could just do this right now. Like literally.
2: Yeah. No, we have a band. Um, we never broke up or anything. So I guess we're still technically a band, but we started this, this band called Fonz in the happy days. It's kind of like misfit as like a bunch of random dudes from, wherever but um yeah they wrote and recorded like this four song ep in a weekend and then we ended up playing a few shows <laughs> You know, it's just one of those things you just... Why not? Really, it really is like that sometimes. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, that's super, super cool. Well, that's awesome. I, it's cool to see the a snapshot of that, um, especially when you're talking about you're collecting a bunch of people from a bunch of different bands that are all, you know, part of the independent music scene. It's just like, it, it's so fun when you see that energy happening in certain towns and cities because, you know, yeah. most of... Definitely. Most of independent music, like, you know, you don't, you know, clearly Gideon is an example. You don't all need to live in the same city. So it's like when you can kind of collect everybody in the same city and be able to do all these different projects, it's just, you know, it brings a lot of life to it.
2: Yeah. That's kind of like my opinion on, on, um, how Knocked Loose ended up being so successful so fast was, um, cause this what I saw was that they played with every community band and group of bands that they could all across America until it just blew like from the ground up, you know, like they, they really were plucked in. And when we play, like say we play a headliner and, uh, or an off day show and like there are four locals on the show or whatever it is. I love that feeling of like, Oh man, all these bands know each other. Like they're all, they're all bros trying to do cool stuff. And, you know, two out of four of them are like, damn, this band might actually do something like, soon this is good you know I love that that feeling and I feel like it's probably because of what we have in Nashville is like so special to me it's been like this since I was a teenager you know and some of the faces changed and a lot of the younger kids came up and replaced those faces with some even crazier shit that I could have never expected and and it's just beautiful kind of
1: yeah, no, that's a, it's a beautiful way to end the interview, Tyler. <laughs> the lo- lo- your <laughs> love, your love letter to Nashville.
2: <laughs> well, love Nashville.
1: Yeah. Forever. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, dude, thank you so much for hanging out. I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, man. It's my pleasure.
1: Yes, that was Tyler. Thank you very much for coming onto the show. It worked out perfectly. I, um, yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was very interested to hear kind of his take you know, kind of contrasting it with the drummer's take. So I don't know. It was really, really cool. So anyways, uh, that's what we got. Like I said, next week I am taking it off. So, um, yeah, you know, have a happy holiday, but, uh, you will be getting an episode, uh, the week of Thanksgiving. So, you know, just, uh, just, just press pause for a minute, you know, maybe listen to some other podcasts cause there's a bunch of other great podcasts out there. So I will talk to you, uh, yeah, the week of the, what is it? The 23rd or something like that. But yeah, until then, please be safe, everybody.
3: Hi, I'm Esther Dean. I've made my life by writing songs like Fireworks by Katy Perry, Super Bass by Nicki Minaj, What's My Name by Rihanna, just to name a few. And now I'm having an absolute blast sharing some of the knowledge that I've learned with upcoming songwriters on Songland on NBC. I'm excited to welcome you to a brand new season of Songland and Songland's podcast, giving you new insight into the magical art of songwriting as Tova as some of the best in the business and also the pioneers and the up-and-comers who will be shaping the hits you'll be listening to for years. We have an amazing roster of talent this season. I promise you, you don't want to miss one single episode. Don't miss Songland, Monday nights at 10, 9 central, and join us here on Songland's podcast, available every week after the show on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.